We are only a week and a half away from the first day of the NFL Draft, and it's Mock Draft Monday, and today we're doing a brand new six-round mock draft, including a polarizing receiver in round one. You are Locked On Chargers, your daily podcast on the Los Angeles Chargers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What is up and welcome into the Locked On Chargers podcast. I'm your host, Daniel Wade, joined as always by my co-host, David Drogemeyer, and we've been covering the Chargers together for seven seasons now. This is our fifth season as a host of the Locked On Chargers podcast, bringing you your team every day. Thank you guys, as always, for making us your first listen today. To make sure you never miss the show, go follow or subscribe for free on YouTube and listen wherever you get your podcasts. And today, David, we're starting a six-round mock draft. We're going to be getting into six prospects today, two each for each segment and we're getting into our picks the four through six as far as the rounds tomorrow so we're gonna have a two-part mock draft today because there's so many prospects to get into 12 different prospects we're going to be breaking down but i wanted to start with some different picks in round one we basically covered everyone today we're going with jordan addison a guy who has some ties to the chargers and also miles murphy if he were to drop to 21 and then we'll be getting into some wide receivers and safeties and much more to finish out the rest of the draft but Today's episode is brought to you by Ultimate Football GM. Have you ever dreamed of becoming an NFL GM and managing your football franchise? Then this game is definitely for you. To download the game, just visit ultimate-gm.com or look it up on the app stores. Our listeners get a 100% free boost to their franchise when using the promo code LOCKEDON, all caps, in the game. David, we wanted to get to as many. You know, next week we'll get into our last seven-round mock draft to start next week, and we'll kind of make our ideal draft. But we wanted to get into basically all of the different scenarios that could play out, especially in round one. We've talked about a lot of the prospects. So today, trying to continue that right and keep talking about as many guys as we can in round one, who did you take with the 21st overall selection? Yes, uh, in this mock draft with the 21st overall selection, I, David Drogomar, selected wide receiver Jordan Addison out of USC. And Jordan Addison is a Blinknikoff Award winner from 2021. That is the award for the best wide receiver in college football. So that right there says it all. I mean, he was an absolute dynamo in 2021. And I think a reason why this pick makes sense, especially for the Chargers, is that there is a connection there because former or former uh, wide receiver coach at Pitt, Chris Beatty, is now the Chargers wide receiver coach currently. So, and also, you know, the Chargers love to have their Southern California connections as well. They draft a lot of players from Southern California, so that makes a lot of sense as to why Jordan Addison and the Chargers could be that marriage at 21 right it feels like it's not the sexy pick for chargers fans which makes it feel more likely that the chargers would go in that direction he had his best days at Pitt, right when he was playing there with kenny pickett in 2021 last year he had caleb williams and still was really good i think the interesting thing about him he's, he's really really good at a lot of things yeah i just don't know if he's excellent at any one thing we wanted to get to as many different possibilities as we possibly could and this feels like somewhere the chargers could go because they have taken a lot of usc and ucla players in the past and they love their connections and chris Beatty, having worked with this guy before being able to give you know deep information about him just like you saw with guys like Derek ansley giving yeah. information about josh palmer and yep. so on and so forth right so they have that connection there 
he is very good. I mean, I think he's pretty much consensus like a top three receiver in this draft. A lot of people really like him. Yeah. The biggest thing with him is going to be the size. And if the Chargers, yeah. the Chargers would be breaking a lot of their own rules seemingly if they ended up taking this guy, David, because even though he's really good and does a lot of things well, 5'11", 171 pounds, small catch radius. I that's it, It'll be interesting to see if the Chargers would break that and if it's not for someone like Zay Flowers, right? If they're willing to take this dude at this size, would they be willing to take someone a little smaller like Zay Flowers? Yeah, exactly. I mean, that's the question. But let's get into the reasons why it is a good thing to look at the Chargers drafting Jordan Addison. Very comfortable catching the ball away from his body. He's a hands catcher. He's not a body catcher. He does have a smaller catch radius because of, of the small frame, but he has pretty strong hands. I like his release off the line of scrimmage. I think it is pretty quick. I think he does have a pretty good release package to get some separation when he is going up against press. He shows some good concentration in traffic as well. Also really love the body control. He does a really good job of fighting through DBs, especially when the ball is underthrown. Um, you know, he's able to adjust and, and make those catches. Uh, also, he doesn't have the best speed in the world, but it does seem like his game speed is superior than what he showed in his 40 time because he definitely can access the deep part of the field. And when he does, it seems like he is kicking it into another gear that we don't see in other routes. He also has a very comfortable uh, and good uh, idea of being able to catch the ball over his shoulder. And he doesn't necessarily, I would say, run away from guys, but he definitely gets open and he is pretty good in those situations to where he has to go up and get it. Like I said, not the biggest guy in the world, but he has some very good play speed. And yeah, I think this is a guy that is good at a lot of things, but master probably not any one specific part of being a wide receiver. Yeah, I think both of us feel like this would be, you know, if they trade back, maybe you could get more behind it. Yeah. Uh, but it he's not a burner right even though no. i think yeah when he gets to that level he has shown a propensity to find another gear yeah. be able to keep enough separation to make some difficult catches he's a, a you know balls out around the end zone 25 touchdowns over the last oh, few yeah. years had really good quarterbacks throwing the ball to him right yeah. kenny pickett in 2021 caleb williams in 2022 was he helping them look good right were they making him look a lot better that's a kind of a chicken and egg situation there so yeah. i think there's a lot of things that you like. I, I think the yeah. change of pace and the kind of the craftiness in his route running is mm -hmm. really where he wins the most. Absolutely. Being able to find those soft spots in the zone, being able to use defenders leverage against them, being slippery after the catch, even if he's not explosive and doesn't really break a lot of tackles. Yeah. Biggest red five for me, size. Yeah. 11 drops in 2021. That's another thing. He had double digit yeah. drops, according to the bees from the athletic in his first two seasons, but only had two in 2022. So, Something that was trending positively like at the very list. Yeah. It'd be very interesting if the Chargers broke some of their rules for this guy. It wouldn't be my first pick. I still like Zay Flowers. I think he can win and do more things that fit the Chargers wide receiver room better. Yeah. But it feels like this is a possibility at 21. I ended up going with Miles Murphy, edge rusher from Clemson. 6'4 268 pounds. Fits the ideal Brandon Staley prototype for his defensive end slash edge rushers, right? 33.75 inch arms. Has some versatility as well as a 268-pounder. I mean, we've talked about so many edge rushers that are like 235, 240. Yeah. yeah. It was nice to see a dude who not only <laughs> is the size to kind of feel like they can hold up at the NFL level, but also has the strength at the point of attack. Yeah. That was something that really impressed me. 
Really modest sack production, 17 and a half sacks over three seasons is nothing to sneeze at, but there's no one dominant season in there. The Chargers yeah. will be betting on traits if they went Miles Murphy, who is Dane Brugler's 21st overall prospect. So I know some Moxie's going ahead of this, but he is kind of a polarizing prospect in that sense where there's not really a consensus on if he could be available. But Dane Brugler thinks he will be. 21 is where the Chargers pick. So I yeah. love that he's a good athlete, 9.71 RES score. He had a four five three forty, which for an edge rusher, you know, obviously that's, that's pretty really good, good for his size. Yeah, sure. The most important thing was he had an elite ten yard split. The get off off of that forty time was yeah. in like the 99th percentile. So that nice. was really nice. I think he has to find the ball better. I think he has to develop his pass rush arsenal a little bit more. But the Chargers, I think the nice thing with him is, hey, you could use him early on, you know, because he does have speed and power. Even if he has to kind of develop the rest of it. And he could be someone you could see turning into a starter down the road and kind of being that heir apparent for Joey Bosa and Cleo Mack. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I guess I would understand that kind of pick at 21, but I w- will be very honest. I w- would be quite upset if that is the direction that the Chargers go with. And I understand that the Chargers need help on the defensive line. They need edge rushers. But I would love to have somebody that just is a little bit more explosive, someone who has that more of that high-end sack production that you can kind of put your your hat on and, and say, hey, this guy's going to come in and, and wreck shop yeah. if I'm going to take him with my 21st overall pick, you know? Yeah, I mean, not a lot of dudes have that, though. I mean, both yeah. of us, you know, would be okay with Nolan Smith. He had, like, six sacks. You know, I think maybe, maybe four and a half sacks in 2022. So, like, you're, you're obviously hoping that he can get into some production. This is good production. 37 tackles for loss. In 38 hey, like career games, and also played in 38 straight career games. So that's another thing. That I like, to, too. Yeah. He's not super flashy. Kind of another one where I don't know like where exactly he's elite. Like, I think he's a good yeah. package. I think, you know, 9.71 RAS score is something that's, you know, 97th percentile at edge rusher. So, like, he's plenty athletic to yeah. grow into it. It wouldn't be my first choice. I like Nolan Smith more. If it was between him and Lucas Van Ness, then it's probably more of a conversation he could get down here if someone is super high on him, but I wasn't super high on Lucas Van Ness either. So we want to talk about all the conceivable options for the Chargers in round one. This is something who kind of checks the boxes of guys they usually take at that position, and we give them some inside-out versatility. So I don't think it's totally off the board for them, and I wanted to make sure we talked about him a little bit. But now I have to, some work to do because I went edge rusher in round one. You ended up getting your receiver early on. Maybe you'll double dip later with somebody a little bit faster. We'll have to see. But coming up next, we're going to talk about one of the most exciting safety prospects in the upcoming draft. And I find my burner, the guy that can really, really stretch the field for me. But today's episode is brought to you by Ultimate Football GM. You've heard me talk about this mobile gaming app. And if you've ever thought you'd make a good GM, you've got to give this game a try because it's not as easy as you might think to create a dynasty. When you play Ultimate Football GM, you get to control and manage every strategic aspect of your team as you play through seasons and lead your team to glory, trying to build a historic dynasty. And you do. You really have to play your cards right. You really have to play it smart. You have to figure out which kind of players you're going to be bringing in. There's so many different little details where you can just totally lose yourself in this game for hours because it's all in a challenging and realistic game world. Ultimate Football GM is completely free and playable offline as well. It's really nice when you have something. Hey, if you're not in a place that has good Wi-Fi or something, it's not going to slow you down with Ultimate Football GM. And when you do start getting good, the reward is so much better, right? It's such it's so nice when you grind and get your first winning season on Ultimate Football GM. I would know because it took me a little while. But Locked On Charge listeners, get a little bit of a head start because you get a 100% free boost to your franchise when using the promo code LOCKEDON, all caps, in the game store. That's LOCKEDON in all caps, so make sure to check it out today. 
To download the game, just visit ultimate-gm.com or look it up on the app stores. That's ultimate-gm.com, Ultimate Football GM. Start your dynasty today. David, you have a brand new pick for the Chargers at 54. We're continuing our six-round mock draft part one today, and we wanted to get to some guys we haven't really talked about, and you found one in the third round, and you're going safety, which we know with you know Nazir Adderley out of the picture now. Second Logan round. In yeah. the second round, yes. Yeah. Pick 54, right? That's yes. where the Chargers are picking in the second round. Who did you end up going with? Who's the guy? What makes you excited about him? Yep, the guy is going to be Sidney Brown out of Illinois. And one of the things that sticks out right away from Sidney Brown is he is an athletic freak. He's got that great RAS score that Daniel always likes to look for, a 9.24. Has pretty good speed for a safety, 4.4940 there. Um, And I love the versatility. I think that's the first thing that jumps out to me is that he seems like the type of safety that the Chargers would take because he is everywhere. He lined up in the slot. He lined up on the outside at corner. He lined up in the box as a linebacker. He lined up uh, in the split safety look and as a deep safety. So you can really put him all over the football field. A very, very multiple type of football player, Dan. Yeah, I mean, also six interceptions last exactly. season, right? So, like, yes, this guy is the playmaker of all playmakers. Runs totally on instincts. Runs super hot when I was watching yeah. him, and can be a little bit reckless. That kind of comes sure. with it, right? Plays like his hair is on fire all the time. Yeah. Wants to deliver big hits. Really fits the mold of Brandon Staley's kind of money linebacker position, star yep. position. Instincts really stand out when you watch him, right? Quick trigger, gets downhill when he needs to. Willing, very, very willing to fit and run defense. I mean, he's a guy that there's a lot of traits that can get you very, very excited about how you would fit in on the Chargers defense. Yes, has really good vision and run support. Like you said, I think he understands what gap he needs to occupy, and when he hits it, he goes. I mean, he if he knows where he's supposed to be, he can get downhill in an absolute hurry. I already said he played all over the place, has really good ball skills. Um, I think one of the first plays that I was watching against Michigan State, he lined up over the slot receiver. He got really physical with him, um, knocked the receiver off the route, stayed with him in his hip pocket, and went up and intercepted the pass, which was just a fantastic play. And then on the next series in run support, he lined up pretty much right next to where he was kind of going to rush in off of the tackle, and he made a nice play to kind of you know juke out the tackle and make that play behind the line of scrimmage. So just showed both kind of aspects of what he can do against the run and against the pass. Also, the you know six interceptions and the six pass breakups. I think if you were looking for an avenue where you'd say there's some opportunity to get better, it would be the tackling. Uh, unfortunately, he does have a little bit of a high missed tackle rate, and that has been a little <laughs> bit consistent throughout yeah. his college career. So, um, But I think the, the, it comes with some context that he played a ton of college football. And I'm, I'm yeah. talking about five years as a starter and 3,168 career snaps. So he was on the field, available, and playing a lot of football. Yeah, he has a little bit of Hufanga in him from the last draft, right? Where he's yeah. someone that just, or maybe it's two drafts ago now at this point, but yeah. just plays on instincts. Honestly, he kind of, there's a little bit of a Lohi Gilman in him, but sure. I think the biggest thing for me, he's bigger, it's the though, missed I tackles. Say. I mean, I know Tyler Skew from Guilty as Sharp put, put on Twitter 70 in five seasons, I think is what he put. So that is a ton. Hard to add somebody, you know, where you're questioning their tackling. 
in a secondary that already doesn't, you know, doesn't specialize in it, I think is the nicest yeah. way to put it. Yeah. But I think the nice thing with him is like a lot of it is first of all, do you just have short arms? He's small. He's five foot nine. That's something that could hold him back at the next level for sure. But he still yeah. made like a ridiculous amount of plays on the football. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's a lot to be excited about with this guy. Totally understand it. He's a lot of guys' favorite players, but he's definitely polarizing. I think Dan Brugger yeah. had him as his 10th ranked safety. And I ended up actually taking his teammate in the third round. I went safety as well, a different safety from Illinois that we'll talk about with Quan Martin. But I ended up going with a familiar name here, Marvin Mims from Oklahoma, speedster. Wasn't yes. taking any chances. I saw wide receivers going quickly in the second round. I know what's available later. But a lot of the guys that we really, really like are shooting up. Like, I also consider Jonathan Mingo with this pick at 54 in the second round because he's a guy that now is getting a lot of consideration, getting some top 30 visits in the NFL. So I ended up going with Marvin Mims here, who good at stacking defensive backs, averaged over 20 yards per catch in his career, did a bunch of times, seven plays of over 40-plus yards, tracks the ball really well, and also even as a smaller guy, made some of the most ridiculous catches I've ever seen. Like the Texas Tech game last season, just a ridiculous reached around a receiver, defensive back and made a catch down the sideline. Really, really good competitive toughness at the point of attack, especially for a guy that size. And also brings some punt returnability to the table too. So there's Jordan Addison. Both those guys could be punt returners for the Chargers and be really good, I would think, or at least have a good chance at it. 11.8 yards per return as a punt returner. And I was just really impressed. Hey, he's not going to be the super physical guy. He's not going to be able to maybe run a full route tree right away. It's not something they asked him to do very much at Oklahoma. But there's a lot of parts of this guy's game that I like. And he also runs in the the four threes, a four three eight forty. So I needed speed. I checked it off early. It gives me a little bit more flexibility later on. I love that pick, Daniel. And there's a couple of reasons why. I don't care that he is not the most physical receiver in the world. That's not what the Chargers need in their room. They already have guys that have those physical traits. Mike Williams is a physical beast. Keenan Allen is still a physical football player. Josh Palmer is a bigger guy. That's not what I'm looking for. I'm looking for a guy that has bringing a skill set to the table that the Chargers don't have, and that is that blazing speed aspect. And also, Marvin Mims has got that dog in him, uh, and I love that. He does. He is a competitor, and it shows up on tape. So I love that pick. I think it's the perfect type of receiver to add to that Chargers receiver room that has been desperately missing the aspect that he brings to the table, and that is that just pure raw speed, baby. The problem is, is you just don't see a lot of dudes that are 5'11", you know, a little over 170 pounds, yeah. really produce in the NFL a lot. It takes a special type of player. You're not using your first-round pick on a smaller right. guy. I think that makes you feel a little bit better about sure. it, right? Yeah. But he's not going to be really impactful as a run blocker. He's not super explosive, at least coming out of his breaks right now as far as a route runner goes. Has some concentration drops and mostly worked out of the slot, but... Yeah. What makes me like this a lot better is knowing that Kellen Moore is the offensive coordinator now because mm-hmm. I just feel like, yes, he's mostly a slot receiver, but like you have Josh Palmer, you have Keenan Allen, you have Mike Williams who can all play on the outside. So it's yeah. not like having a slot is really a bad idea. I mean, if you got someone like Jalen Hyatt and he was available in the second round, right? Yes. Like you can put him on the slot, you can get him off the line of scrimmage. Like there's so many more ways yeah, to put him in, in motion, NFL. move him around. Yeah. So absolutely. many ways to kind of free up your dudes, especially smaller dudes in the NFL with the way that the rules are really, you know, made to help the offenses out. Absolutely. That being said, you know, Tutu Atwell, like there's a bunch of yeah. these small dudes who have come out that don't end up turning into it. I like Marvin Mims 
because of the things that he does that remind me that he, you know, isn't just, you know, doesn't play as small as he is. And I think that's yeah. kind of one of the things that gives me some confidence in him. Just a gamer to me, someone I like a lot. And for me, being able to, hey, if I lock that up and I address the speed right there, yeah, gives me more options of what I can do at tight end. Maybe I go more of a blocking tight end now, right later yeah. on, because I'm not fe- fearing the explosiveness, you know, right. It gives me more flexibility. I got it done. But there are some guys later, you know, that could still definitely fill that role if the Chargers decide to wait. And next week, I think maybe you'll see a guy like that later on when we do kind of our ideal guy. But Marvin Mims still feels like he should be an option for the Chargers potentially in round two, even though he started out as like a round three or four guy. Give me that speed. Give Justin Herbert another explosive weapon. Not a yak weapon, but he's a guy who can absolutely take the top off the defense. So coming up next, we're going to get into Another safety from Illinois. This one tackles a lot better, at least than Sidney Brown does. And we're also going to get into an edge rusher that David picked up in the third round for the Chargers coming up right after this. Thank you guys again for making us your first listen today. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. We always appreciate everyone out there. And also, make sure you guys are back here for the rest of the week because the draft stuff is heating up. So not only tomorrow are we finishing our six-round mock draft and trying to find some sleeper picks in rounds four, five, and six, we're also going to be getting into edge rushers and our favorite wide receivers later on in the week, too. We'll also get some fan mail stuff going for you guys. But a lot of draft content coming your guys' way, so make sure you guys are here for all of that, especially the everydayers. We're not worried about you. But let's start with the third round, David. We've done the third round a couple of times. I'm interested to see where you go here, but I want to start with my guy, Jartavius Quan Martin, a safety from Illinois. He's called Quan. Dame Brugger calls him Quan. I'm calling him Quan. But he is a guy that's not as exciting for sure as Sidney Brown. But you're getting him a little bit later, and these are the things I liked about his game. Very solid tackler. I mean, very few tackles I saw him miss. Can play deep. Also played a lot in the slot, and the slot is another place the Chargers really have a need, right? Yeah. No Bryce Callahan in the picture right now. A lot is being put on the plate of, you know, Jasir Taylor can take mm-hmm. this over. Yeah. This is a guy that gives you some flexibility there. I think it would have been nice to see him more as like a split safety. Didn't see that as much. He was mostly just a single safety, yeah. really trying to cover everything, or he was in the slot. But there's a lot of really, really good slot safeties that could really, really help you out. And I think if you could bring this guy's tackling to the Chargers defense and also a guy that is really quick to close space when the ball is in front of him and knocks receivers off their path with some physicality. I really liked what I saw from Quan Martin. Hey, Dan, you said one of my favorite things, and that's that he was a strong tackler. (laughs) I mean, honestly, I don't need to really hear anything else other than that he can actually get guys on the ground when he hits them uh, because, unfortunately, we didn't see that not nearly enough from this Chargers secondary. So. Very, very important that you have a sure tackler back there, the, a guy you trust being that last line of defense. Yeah. If you need to get somebody on the ground and prevent them from getting in the end zone, you want a guy like this that's on the back end. Yeah, you want a dependable last line of defense. And I saw him in that situation a lot of times. Yeah. And, and there was nobody that ever broke that big run. He took some really good angles, ran a four four eight, which is actually pretty good for a safety. I mean, I yes. think there was only a handful of safeties that even ran sub four five this season. But he also is 99th percentile in vertical and broad jump. So you have a good athlete, an explosive athlete that I think has some places where he can learn a little bit. Sometimes he tries to get too physical and lets guys get separation just because he's overextending himself a little bit, even though I love the physicality that he plays with. I think he has to get a little bit when those guys do get a little separation, trusting kind of his makeup speed as opposed to grabbing. Grabbing, 
is going to get you called in the NFL, even if he didn't get called a ton for penalties at the collegiate level. Also led Illinois in solo tackles last year, which kind of shows you, hey, even when he didn't have the support, right? He didn't have, it wasn't a rally tackle. He was able to make those big time tackles. When he gave up catches, he still had himself in a good position to make sure he tackled that guy. A lot of things to clean up there, but I think that there's a lot to work with, and that's why I go that way in the third round. Who'd you end up going with, David? Yeah, in the third round, I am looking for some edge help. That is definitely the next kind of thing on my list that I needed to check off, and that led me to Zach Harrison, the defensive end out of Ohio. Unlike some of the other... Yeah, Ohio State, excuse me. Let me make sure, and I, I, I correct myself there. <laughs> uh, obviously, got to make sure we give all respect to Ohio State. It wasn't State. an you know Ohio how, Bobcat, no. Yeah, you know how crazy they are uh, about Ohio State there. But I was looking for a guy who had that prototypical size and strength and length for my defensive end, and that's why Zach Harrison was the guy. Six foot six, 270 pounds. That's what I was looking for. How long I've are his arms, it. David? and inches that's like the longest i've ever seen it it, that's it and one of my things in my it's just freakish length and and it shows up too i mean it's just unbelievable how long his arms are and obviously yeah six foot six you know you're gonna have some long limbs but that's abnormally long i mean that and and it does show up Uh, it shows up i mean not nearly enough i would like to see him use his arm length a little bit more as a pass rusher but he does a great job of setting the edge and in run support, and that length is a huge reason why, Daniel. Yeah, I love the way he gets off blocks. I mean, that's where he really uses that length. The length will hopefully help him pass rushing time, and hey, you're getting yeah. this guy in the third round. I think the nice thing with the guys that we've talked about today, I think both of them are similar in a sense that both of them were very, very high recruits, right? Yeah. Him and Miles Murphy at Clemson. Both were very, very high recruits that never had the total production you wanted. This guy had 11 yeah. sacks. Miles Murphy, 17 career sacks, both in three seasons. He's very strong on the edge, though, which makes you feel like, okay, well, he can contribute and bring some stuff to the table right Right now and has some wrong tools to get some easy wins and quick wins at the NFL level, maybe not super consistently. But the way he was able to disengage in the running game, the way he's able to set a strong edge and scrape the line of scrimmage to make an impact in the running game, I really, really liked a lot. I mean, there are some things he's going to have to work on. I think there are some natural gifts where – Maybe some of that is hindered a little bit as far as what the total potential is here. But yeah. in the th- as a third-round pick, he's someone I talked a little bit about before, but someone I really liked as a third-round pick. Yeah, Flush is a really good bull rush. I, I want to see it more often. I mean, he definitely has this- the strength to do it. He's a high-effort player. I mean, he will chase plays down. I have seen him run from sideline to sideline, uh, which is kind of scary to watch. Uh, with a man that size being able to move like that three force fumbles as, as well so he, he, if he's not getting after the quarterback or getting the quarterback on the ground he's getting the ball out of the quarterback's hands which is very important also multiple passes defensed every single season so even if he's not getting to the quarterback on the ground he is getting his hands up knocking those balls down which hey that is impacting the play just because you don't have the sack numbers, the pressure numbers, doesn't mean that you can't impact the play in multiple different ways. He has shown the ability to do that. This is not a guy that has the crazy sack production, but I feel like he's just a very solid football player that has some gifts and some traits 
that you can maximize and really hope to get a lot more out of at the next level when you have guys like Khalil Mack and Joey Bosa, some pass-rushing connoisseurs that can really start to take those gifts and put them into what you possibly could turn into at the NFL level, which you know could be something pretty special. Yeah, and if he turns into a guy who can be a rotational piece for you, right, and be a, even an average starter at some point as a third-round yeah. pick, you'll absolutely take that. Definitely. Is he for sure going to be the heir apparent? No, no, of course not. But can he make an impact and really, really raise your depth level? And does he also fit some things very well that Chris Rump doesn't do well? Yes. Yes. And I think that's yes. why it would be a smart pick, especially as no a third-round pick. I think one thing, too, like as far as just kind of living up to his potential and kind of the ways he can improve is he had a really poor first step. Oh, but his yeah. explosiveness grades were actually really good. So that seems like it's something that's more of a nuanced kind of timing thing, something yeah. where you have to be able to pick up on things a little bit easier because there's times where he really shot off the box. Yeah. But really, really inconsistently. Mm. There were some times where he got off really late. But, hey, I like it. He has the physicality to really – you can actually you know project him at the next level as opposed to some of these edge rushers like we talked about where it's like, yeah. I really like what I see. How can I trust this dude? to set the edge consistently? How can I trust this dude to play average and run defense when, like, we saw how bad the perimeter defense was for the Chargers last season? Getting yeah. guys who are more well-rounded players like this, even if they don't come with as flashy of numbers, might not get you the guy who's going to have 10 sacks a year for five straight years, but it might get you a dependable guy that can really have a nice role, really potentially be a nice starter for you down the road. I like it. But and David, help your rotation, Dan. Just oh, yeah. and just real quick to end, just to end this, just it helps your rotation with the type of guys that you have in your room. I feel like that, especially with the Chargers, could be extremely helpful. Diversify your portfolio of edge rushers. Yeah. There we go. I mean, and you know, this guy could be called upon. We know how many games Joey Bosa missed last year, right? Khalil Mack the year before that missed double digit games. This person is going to have to play at some point if yeah. you're taking them. And I think it's nice that both of us found an edge rusher in the top three rounds. What we didn't find was either of us a tight end. So maybe that's something tomorrow we're looking for a later round tight end. Maybe, you know, since we got some wide receivers, we can go a little bit differently with those guys. I also think we can check out some later running backs, right? Maybe we address a little bit of the offensive line and get some interior offensive line help potentially. A lot of different ways that we could go on the six-round mock draft part two tomorrow for the Locked On Chargers podcast. Getting into more options for the Chargers, trying to cover as many guys as we possibly can before getting into our ideal picks. But make sure that later on in the week, the everydayers, I know you guys will be here, but for everyone else, edge rushers, going through our favorite edge rushers later on in the week and wide receivers. Just two positions, me and David, totally agree. Hey, these are positions that have to be taken in this class. And I think both of us agree that you can find it throughout the draft to a certain extent in different ways. So we're going to talk about our favorite edge rushers and favorite receivers later on in the week. And then next week it's draft time and we're getting to our final mock draft and all of those things. But thank you guys again for making us your first listen today. Make sure you never miss the show. Go subscribe or follow for free on YouTube and listen wherever you get your podcast from. You can also find the show every day on all of our social media. You can find me on Twitter at Dan Talk Sports, David Drogmeyer on Twitter at DrotalkSD, and the show's Twitter at LockedOnLAC. If you guys want to hit us up, you can also find us on Instagram at Locked On Chargers and on our Locked On Chargers Facebook page. You can hit us up at any of those places to get in on the next fan mail show for sure or call into 323-524-7924. But make sure you're back here tomorrow, day three of the draft, trying to find some sleepers in rounds four through six. But until then, take it easy and go Bolts.